This week on EDC Unlocked, accessorize me. We discuss what it takes to be successful on YouTube. Allow yourself to fail and allow yourself to suck because it will suck. If you're not able to make 50 to 100 videos and you burn out after that, this isn't the career for you. He reveals never before heard details. I, I do regret you, but it is what it is now. And mistakes made along the way. Let's just push up some content. I don't think anyone's gonna care. Lo and behold, <laughs> I, was, I was completely wrong. Hey guys, we came up with the idea for EDC Unlocked because we felt there wasn't anything out there that gave the EDC community the opportunity to hear the stories behind big names and brands in the space whilst also giving them the chance to ask the questions that they've always wanted to ask. For now, this is a limited mini-series, but if you guys want more, then we would love to come back with another series. And so if you do genuinely like the show, then please follow, subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a short review. This 20 seconds of your time really makes such a huge difference and we'd really appreciate it. Okay, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to EDC Unlocked by Home and Hadfield. And today I'm really happy and excited to have on the show Accessorize Me. We finally got here, mate. We're here. We're doing this. It's, it's been a minute, but we, we finally got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a, yeah, you got sick, then I cancelled, yep. and then we've had a lot of uh, technical issues this morning. So, yeah, I feel like the, the universe wanted it to happen today. <laughs> So we've had a load of questions from our audience, which is great. But for now, I'm keen to understand a little bit more about kind of like the man behind the, you know, the TikTok, YouTube, everything you've built up. I mean, you've got, I looked and like added all up across your platforms. You got close to like 2 million followers, subscribers, and like with TikTok as well. That, that, that was a lot bigger than I was expecting, actually. Yeah, I mean, the same goes for me. I mean, the, the stuff just kind of blows up, especially when we started doing short form clips and stuff, which is kind of, in the end, I found like it was just kind of what we specialized in. So it's really great that TikTok and YouTube shorts and uh, a little bit of Instagram reels as well kind of popped off there. And I'm glad people are liking it. And I think we we do it really well. And it kind of like, I, I almost believe that our style suits that short hit of content a lot better. Um, but yeah, I mean, TikTok just, TikTok kind of does its own thing. So I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Like it's at 500k, but it's like, does that really mean anything? I'm I'm happy they're there, and I'm happy to see it. But it's like, do followers on TikTok really mean it? Anyway, that's a whole other yeah philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're trying to figure out TikTok at the moment, and it is a uh, yeah, it's a real head uh, head fuck. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of any other way to, to, to describe yeah. it. It is, um, but I think you do a great job of it. We were actually looking at your TikTok and and looking at how yeah, it's that kind of short, sharp like changing of uh, frames and then maybe adding some humor in and stuff like that. And I think it just really goes, uh, goes down well, but just um, if we could, so I went back to like the beginning of your YouTube, it's kind of like eight years you've been doing this, like, and it, is, is it eight years or is it even longer? I want to say eight years sounds about right. It's like eight to 10, something like that. Wow. Um, I, my first video was probably like eight years. Yeah. Wow. And what were you, what were you yeah. doing before then? Has this been what you've always done or were you doing, uh, what were you doing? Yeah. So this is, it's been my full time ever. Um, I want to say it was like after I just, so I graduated 2014, yeah. uh, engineering degree. I never did a day of engineering <laughs> my life after of that. Course. Uh, I'm glad I did it though, but, uh, it wasn't my thing. 
I went into this like marketing job for a few months. And then right after that, I, I started YouTube and like one of my videos popped off and I was like, all right, maybe I'll give this a try for a few months, give it a year. I, you know, I lived at home. I had no bills. I had no responsibilities. So it was like, I had no loss. And at the back of my mind, I had an engineering degree. So if I really wanted to go back to the job market, I always had that as like in my back pocket. Um, and luckily I didn't have to. And luckily I, I you know, not luckily, but thankful that I didn't have to. And then ever since, like, it's just been growing from there. And I'm happy that, um, you know, people just like what I make. So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I always think like someone starting, you know, what you started, did you actually think I can make money out of this or is it kind of just started out as like, I'll try to see what happens and then you'll, I'll just feel it out. Yeah. When I, when I first started, it was, um, money wasn't the thing on my mind because I honestly, I didn't think I could make money off of it. And I wasn't really sure how to make money off it for a really long time. The only thing I knew was YouTube would pay you if you had, you had a lot of views. So that's kind of what everyone strived for. You get a lot of views, you get some ad tense money. And uh, that, that was kind of what I was bankrolling on. And then one day, I think it was two or three years into it, I'd maybe either, it was either 10K or 50K. I was, I was up there and someone had reached out, a brand had reached out and said, we'll pay you X amount of money to promote our product. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> brands do that? I was going to do that for free. You know, that, that's kind of like what I do. And then, and these brands come to be in there and start offering these like sponsorship deals I'd never heard of. And I think back in the day, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Like nowadays, it's like, if you're not doing a sponsored deal, are you really making content kind of thing? Um, so nowadays it's just like, it's everywhere. But back in the day, it's like nobody knew about it. And if you were doing it, it was in that phase of like, you seemed like a sellout. So it was, it was kind of a gray area of like, oh, is this guy selling out? He's taking money now. Cause YouTube back in the day used to be very, organic natural it was just like someone talking to a camera and like you know connecting with the audience nowadays it's it's a business for everyone so yeah i mean it was two to three years until i started to realize uh <laughs> companies pay you for this stuff and and that's when it kind of that's when i really took off in the sense of like okay this is what i'm doing full-time now and this i'm i guess i can call myself like a youtuber yeah um, but it's 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 uh, but nowadays i think that that breaking point is like right off the bat like people just go into YouTube thinking you're going to get a sponsor. Like back in the day, you went into YouTube because you liked making videos. There was a sense of that. But nowadays, it's just people want to be a YouTuber because that's the kind of cool thing to do, which, you know, I, I agree. It's super cool. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's the same thing with uh, podcasting. And uh, my girlfriend's actually a podcast producer and she's speaking to loads of people who are starting their own podcast. And I think they think they can get sponsors and and make money from from day one and i think similar to like youtube and stuff you uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong i feel like almost like two of the biggest skills that you need to like hone is consistency and the ability to fail and look foolish and 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 actually like put yourself out there and not be afraid that you're gonna yeah. mess up a few videos would, would you say that that's kind of right a hundred percent. I mean, like people, some friends and just other strangers come to me and ask me, like, how do you start this? What do you do? How do you become a YouTuber kind of thing? And uh, not that I'm an expert in it, but I think the one thing I tell them is make 50 to a hundred videos and like allow yourself to fail and allow yourself to suck because it will suck. The first hundred videos <laughs> will be really bad, but it's, and it's not even that you do the hundred videos to get better. It's you do the hundred videos or the 50 videos to know that you can make more than that. If you're not able to make 50 to 100 videos and you burn out after that, this isn't the career for you. Yeah. You know, like being able to do that consistently and, and still enjoy it, that's when you know you'll have a long-term career doing this. If you're not able to do that, then you're going to like burnout is a real thing and it's just more and more 
you know, evident in the nowadays. So how many of those, how many of those like early videos have you now deleted? Cause you're like, I can't bear to look at that. Or have you kept them all on? <laughs> I've kept, I've kept them all. Yeah. I mean, okay. they're, they're bad. And, um, but I'm, I'm, there's a sense of like pride. Like I'm happy I did it. I'm happy. It, like, you know, I, I went through that phase. I mean, there is a part of me that thinks like, oh, you know, they're good for the time that it was made. Um, yeah. nowadays I look back at it as, yeah, it's definitely, there was definitely a lot wrong with it. But back in the day, um, I could still remember like posting those and being very proud. I, I made this, you know, and I put it out there. But yeah, nowadays I look back and I just kind of cringe and, <laughs> but I'm happy it's there. Yeah. <laughs> What, what would you say is like the, it seems like eight years ago, a particular, yeah, I think Instagram was kind of like easier to get, well, it definitely was. Instagram was easier to grow than like YouTube, yeah. like the organic side of things, it was easier. And so the, the entry point was, I guess, yeah, there, there was an easier entry point into these kind of things. And now from what I understand, the algorithm and YouTube and stuff like that is, is a lot more difficult. I know it is on Instagram with our Instagram, actually. Um, what would you say is like the best entry point for someone now? Is it a TikTok? Is it, you know, is it something new that they haven't even heard about? Yeah. For me, for me, it's always go with the tried and true. And uh, mm. as all the gurus and all the, you know, experts say, if you want a kind of longevity, it's going to be YouTube long form. I, I was never really huge on Instagram. I understand the platform is very big for creators and you can make a lot of money. I just don't think that's the case as much anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you're starting out and like you want to get into it, like YouTube long form combined with YouTube shorts, I think is like the next kind of big combo. Um, just because the platforms are like the platform's built perfectly for creators because it pays well and like relatively compared to other ones, but it's, it's got the audience already and it's got the searchability while TikTok and Instagram also have that and they're building it up. The beauty of focusing on shorts is that you can just repurpose the content anyway. So it doesn't really like, there's no like, oh, I'm going to be an Instagram star. It's like, if you're going to be an Instagram star, just use that content and become a TikTok star and a YouTube short <laughs> star. Like, why wouldn't you? You know, yeah. it, it, it takes all the same formats until they change that. It doesn't make sense to uh, just try and like chase one or the other, just chase them all. Like the one piece is, the one piece of content is going to work everywhere. Um, and YouTube shorts is like, you make good content, like whether you have an audience or not, the algorithm just rewards you anyways. So yeah. And then like sprinkle in some long form because that's where the real money is going to be made. And, but again, in the end, it's like, are you becoming a creator as a career or you're becoming a creator because you want to share what you make? You know, that there's yeah. completely different kind of strategies there. Some people just want to do it for the love of it. Right. So, yeah. um, and that's like, just do it. You know, it's like. Is YouTube Shorts, um, this is more of a kind of selfish question for us, really, just to understand, because uh, <laughs> we've been trying to figure it out, actually, like something you post on TikTok, would you just post the same thing on YouTube Shorts or do you kind of change it a little bit to make it more appropriate for YouTube? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the content I change for me. Like I, I shoot outside of all platforms anyways, like I'll shoot on my cameras and then I'll export it and yeah upload it separately like i'm not shooting with the tiktok filters or anything yeah. so it's not exclusive to one or the other platform um i wouldn't change it um unless you like the only one thing i would do at least like in my experience is if it is a product-based kind of short um the beauty of youtube shorts and why it's I, I think is much greater than the other ones is you're able to link out per video versus tiktok and instagram you need to link in bio 
Mm. Right. And then you, that's like th- two or three clicks later. And if you're, I'm sure you're professional e-com. That's like you lose out on so many customers because you're asking them to do so much versus YouTube shorts. Um, within that video, you're able to link in the description, but also you're able to pin links in the comments. And those links are, they're linkable to an actual website. So it's not, you're not asking them to take another step to go to my bio, click on the link in bio, then find that video or find that link. This one's like, I'm promoting the watch case in this video, link in the comments. So I would only change like, oh, in the voiceover, I'd say, okay, check out link in comments in the TikTok, check out my link in the bio kind of thing. Like that, though, that's kind of like the minor thing I'd change. If I were to change it, I don't even bother doing that because I think most people know nowadays. And if they don't, it's like they didn't have the intent to buy anyways. But yeah, that's how I think of it, at least. Yeah, well, you've just, I mean, you assumed that we would know that and we we haven't really been posting on YouTube short, so we didn't even know about the, I didn't even know about the fact that we did link. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the first things I'll be doing after this call, uh, be speaking to the guys. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you keep things like, I mean, what I think I would really struggle with is like how to keep coming up with ideas for, for like new new videos uh i guess there's only so many like top 10 edc like videos and stuff yeah. you can do and you know i think you do a great job of keeping it varied but also keeping it within the niche that people are interested in how do you come up with those ideas do you have like days where you're just like doing idea sessions Lauren burp there um <laughs> no worries. yeah I, I mean uh the, the the beauty of doing product-based videos is the content is made for you. Like the content mm-hmm. is the product. So there's no like, other than like doing a, like thinking of the top 10 list idea, top 10 blackout, top 10, whatever. The real beauty of that is like your watch case or someone's watch or someone's wallet can be used in multiple videos, right? So it'd be a top 10, top three blackout items. So that if that item's black, it's great. Top three leather items. If that item was also leather, also leather, it could also be used in that one. So it's like, a, it's a new topic. It's also using the same products. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's mainly what our kind of strategy is. Like, how do we maximize the use out of this product? What categories do, does it fall in? So, so then we just kind of create themes around that. And if we know, uh, like a, a product goes viral or is very popular, or people are talking about it or commenting it a lot, we'll just continue to kind of push that product in other themes as well or create themes around it and, and just continue to push it that way. Uh, because we know it, it's done well in the past. It's probably going to do well in the future again. So there's no, there's no point in reinventing the wheel and just take what, you know, the analytics are telling you and just keep going with that until it dries out. If it dries out, then, you know, by then you've already created 10 to 20 other pieces of content that I'm sure something else has gone viral and you can like kind of recycle the same process there. And like list videos, just they're never ending and they're evergreen. So, yeah. um, like, it, like you'll never run out of those ideas. And that's the beauty of product base. I can see where people can struggle with like lifestyle stuff. Where it's like day in the life or like here's what I do during the day where it's like kind of repetitive. And while I, I personally like, yeah, I love watching that stuff, I can see why people could struggle and be like, okay, I, I only do so much during the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I, I, how do you like, how do you, I feel like I, if I did YouTube, I would really struggle to like emotionally detach from like how many views uh, and everything that the, the video gets. Like I feel like I would put my heart and soul into it. And then I'd just be watching it and thinking, oh, if that doesn't do as well as I was expecting it to, it's going to really affect my day. Do you, does it affect you or are you able to, at this point, are you able to like detach from it? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely affects me. It, not as much as it used to. Um, it still affects me, but less about like how I feel, but more about how, um, 
if I were to work with a brand or a sponsor, how the brand would feel. Okay. And, and, and it's like, they're paying me money for something that while yes, I didn't guarantee them any sort of performance or I didn't promise them any like sort of views or conversions or anything. I still feel bad as like, I'm taking your money and you're expecting a certain level of result. It's, I feel like I'm failing you in, in a sense because I haven't reached a, a certain goal. And not only that, it's just like, I want them to be a repeating customer, right? Like, cause I, I work with you. I work with the brand because I like them. I don't expect them to not come back. So I want to make sure, you know, it's a win-win situation for everyone. So I, that that's mainly the big thing is like, I feel bad for the brands that, you know, pay dollars for a certain result and they're not getting it. Um, and especially with long form nowadays, it's, it's so tough to like guarantee anything because YouTube is such a different platform than it was even last year. So it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, I take it personally as well because I, I take, I do take pride in the videos that we output. And I think that I think they're great. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not even that I think people don't like it. I think the algorithm just doesn't push it to the right people. And like, again, I'm not, I'm not blaming the algorithm for my failure, but like, <laughs> like it, it does play a heavy role in like, you know, the success or failure of something when it comes to that platform. So, yeah. Um, but it sucks that you can't just like, the problem is if it's not sensational, it's, it's not going to go viral. And then, yeah. and that's tough when it comes to product-based stuff. Um, yeah. Like if I'm not, you know, living in a coffin for 72 hours without water, then you're not going to go viral kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like while Blacko products are cool, and I think they are still cool, they're just, they're just not as shareable, I'd say, than that sensational kind of uh, content is. How did you come up with the name Accessorize Me? Like, is that something that just came to you one day? Is that had that always been your name, or like, how did you come up with that? Um, it, it had always been my name, and I, I will say nowadays I, I do regret choosing a name, but it is what it is now. But okay, um, it came to me because so I I knew I was going to focus on accessories, and it just randomly came to me like, oh, Accessorize Me. Like, there's too many accessories, so yeah. I can never run out, kind of thing. And the dot me or accessorize me, like the website used to be accessorize dot me and it used to be a blog. Um, I, I only went with me because that was the only domain that was left. <laughs> so, so then it became like accessorize me. And I was like, oh, well, you know what? That makes sense as well as a sentence. So yeah, I was like, all yeah. right, let's just go with that. Nowadays, like when I'm like, I'm always trying to redo my logo and everything. And like the name is just so long. Yeah. Because the first word is huge and the second word is tiny. It's like it's the symmetry, the symmetry there is just, it's terrible. So, uh, that's why I regret it. So now I'm, I'm always trying to think about, okay, how do I short form this? Like if I short form <laughs> it, do people, will people remember me for the same reasons? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I regret it, but it is what it is now. So. That's really interesting. Cause I, I actually look at it as like a really good name. And so I, I just, I assumed you would, <laughs> I think anyone looking at it would probably like assume that you take great pride in it, but little do we know you're like obsessing <laughs> over the fact that you. You, you you secretly don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to change it, but we're too, we're too deep into it now. So yeah, you can't go back now. No chance. Um, uh, so let's get into some of the questions from our audience. I think one place I'd really like to start. People seem to be a little bit angry about the fact that you're not voice. You're doing the voiceovers, or you're you're <laughs> yeah. there, which I think is really nice for you, but maybe not so much for your editor. So I don't. <laughs> yeah. You probably explained this before, but for those of you, uh, for those people who don't, who aren't aware of kind of like the change, could you talk through like you know you used to do your voiceovers, now you don't, and why that's happening, and and will you ever go back? Yeah, no, I mean to clarify, like I still do voiceovers 
nowadays. Um, okay. There was a time it was it was in December, I think, when I when he first was introduced, and he at that point he had been working with me for almost a year. At that point, and I had actually offered to him like, "Oh, do you want to start doing the voiceovers?" Because he had actually shot some of the stuff and like some of the hand shots that he was in. It was actually him; it wasn't even me. So I was like, oh, all right, let's, let's go full circle. Let's have you do the whole video by yourself. And at the end of December-ish, uh, January, it's usually a slow time for us after the holidays and everything. So I was like, ah, oh, why not? Let's just push out some content. I don't think anyone's going to care. <laughs> Lo and behold, I was, I was completely wrong. And I think the major mistake I, I made there was not explaining the change in the yeah. beginning and, yeah. and sort of just kind of pushing it on everyone. And everyone's like, okay, what's happening? Did I die or did I... Am I leaving the channel? Did I sell the channel to this knockoff guy is what they were calling him. Um, and to be fair, I had been doing it at a point, like you said, for eight years. So I kind of honed my voice, my tone and how I say things. He had been doing it for literally a week. Mm-hmm. He had never done voiceovers before. And there is, it, I think there is a skill to it to kind of articulate it in a certain way and say it so that, again, like, so people, I guess, recognize you as, uh, as it's become evident to me. Um, <laughs> So he'd been doing it for a week. And to be fair, it's, it's been four or five months since then. He's, he's gotten much better. He, he's done quite a bit of, uh, uh, video since then and he does his own works as well. So, but yeah, the, the goal there was like, if I were to ever step away one day, would I have someone to back me up kind of thing? Uh, mm-hmm. like I, I didn't want the business to be, if I were to fall sick or ill, like we'd have to stop running. So yeah. I wanted someone to, ha- I, I wanted a B guy and in the long run, the channel would hopefully become a sort of collective of people. So there'd be other hosts. Um, so he would be one of them, ideally. And again, the biggest mistake was not explaining this yeah. <laughs> outright. And I think everyone was kind of outraged. And it's it's hard to take back outrage, uh, <laughs> even if you try and explain it. Like now, everyone's just super upset about it. And you, know, you can't take back those like videos that we posted. I had posted like a community post to explain it a little bit. And after I did that, some people had come to his kind of a rescue in the comments saying oh you know he's in his testing phase he's learning uh kind of go easy on him and yeah i mean like for me i don't really care about negative comments generally like i don't like take it personally or anything and and thankfully for him um he kind of laughs it off as well and he continues to try and get better at it like it's kind of just it's almost like fuel to the fire in, in a little bit i'm sure it yeah. hurts him emotionally a little bit as 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 it all does for us um but he's a tough guy and uh he's he's really taken it with humility and again become much better since then so i'm happy uh i'm happy where we are now but i'm disappointed in myself for not having done this or not having <laughs> fixed it sooner i guess <laughs> well you know for next time to I be fair I, I didn't think i didn't think that many people cared that it was my voice that that yeah. was the big thing like i did not think that people would care so much that it was suddenly not my voice that that they would go out and kind of almost banish this person from existence <laughs> so um yeah that that that's that's my explanation there what what's his name what's his name his name is Jaden. Jaden. he's my so, editor um he's been my editor for the last year but yeah but he's definitely uh taken on much more responsibility within the company now too so so guys if you're listening to this give Jaden a break he's only just starting out he's doing a he's doing a great yeah. job you know Go show him some love. You know, let's let's boost him up. Yeah, let's not drag him down. <laughs> um, uh, but for you, it was a secret ego boost, right? You know, you, everyone then came to, came to your rescue. <laughs> it was it was more surprising than anything. Yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't think um, 
I, I honestly didn't think people cared that much. I, I, my mentality was, okay, you know what? They're here for the products. They want to see the products. Uh, yeah. Great. But suddenly now it's like, oh, we also want to hear your voice. And we also want to, you know, it's all about you. And like, oh, that, that was a shock to me. But yeah, it's definitely ego boost. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome human. to know that people like want to, yeah. uh, like they want to listen to me, which is great. Yeah. But um, that's, uh, it's unfortunate it was at the cost of someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people don't like change. People change kind of like messes with someone's yeah. head when they like change, tuning in every week. They're like, whoa, 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 what the hell? You know, the, the yeah, system yeah. can't take it. Um, if you had to take one gadget one watch and one knife to your grave what would they be gadget watch and knife um i think the right thing to say for knife would be my latest release my latest collab release with um urban adc the baby barlow with justin lundquist i love that knife um nice. fully blacked out um if it didn't have to be a collab or some one of my own knives then it'd probably be a tactile knife uh, a rockwell i think it's called those things are beautiful. They feel great. They bounce so well. They're a little bit on the larger side, personally for me, as a EDC knife. But you pull that thing out, and it's like you're instantly a sophisticated man. Um, <laughs> for a watch, um, for a watch, probably my my recent purchase was the uh, the Omega Speedmaster when I hit the one million mark. I love it to death. I think it's a great kind of premium but not like super premium uh, watch that's like a great beginner watch for anyone like that loves watches and wants to get serious about it i think everyone needs a speedy um but if for like for like a daily i'd probably just go with like a classic uh a g-shock like 5600 or something like just one that you can beat around and like have a button that lights up and tells you the time and that's great like that's all i really need I, yeah. i'd probably go with the, yeah, like a 5600 is a solid um bad g-shock just released a smart version of it where it's like has a heartbeat heart sensor whatever on it uh, mm. which i'll probably pick up as well just to play around with but that thing's like you just don't care about it and you know it's going to tell you the time um that that that's my thing and then a the gadget lately probably my uh sanitizer dispenser i don't know if i have it here but it's called the gel clip um okay. and a lot of future a few videos but but a lot, like I guess it, like, I don't think you have to be a germaphobe, but for anyone that's like just after the last few years, it's like you just always want to have sanitizer on you. If you hate touching doors as much as I do, um, it's just, it clips onto your bell. You just click, click, and it gives a little sanitizer in your hand. Um, and it's great compared to like having those bottles that you have to open the lid and kind of squeeze it out. And, um, just knowing that you have that sanitation ready for you is, uh, is something, a peace of mind peace of mind i guess yeah yeah and it's like 10 bucks and it's probably my favorite thing it's broken like probably twice now and i've just bought another one because it's all plastic and, and i don't blame it for breaking because it just keeps clipping on and off your belt yeah but yeah it's a little like a batman for like the everyday person yeah, i like so. that I, 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 that was an yeah. i'm glad we asked that question that was an unexpected one if you don't have the sanitizer do you like try to open the door with your elbows if you're not if you, if you don't <laughs> i would just open it and there's never touch anything with my hands so okay. it's like the washroom or something <laughs> okay okay interesting <laughs> hey phil here co-founder of home and hadfield just interrupting the episode to let you know about something truly special to us Community is a huge part of everything we do. And so we've created a Facebook group where we share our newest ideas and get feedback from you, our customers, to make sure we're developing products that you actually want to see. In return, we give away free products regularly. We're probably giving away a free product right now and huge discounts of up to 35% on all product launches. Whilst this began as something fairly simple, it's grown into an amazing community of like-minded people. 
And so if this sounds like something you could be interested in, I've left the link to the group below in the description. So come join us. It's free and you never know, you might enjoy yourself. Okay, back to what you came here for, the episode. Someone has asked, how many home and Hadfield cases would you need to store all of your items? <laughs> I need a few. I need a, I need a wall full of collector boxes. Yeah. I just way too many. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm using these like plastic bins that are just like, and they're all on top of each other. So to put them all on display would be a nightmare, um, but it'd be beautiful though. So I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, let's try and uh, figure that out. Maybe we can get like a whole room full of, uh, of display cases. And I'll, yeah. I'm going to write a note of that. We can do that for sure. Um, what, what, so this is actually, this is a question that I was wanting to ask actually, all the gear that you get sent and you get sent a lot, like, what do you, do you have a, like a, a problem with like throwing that stuff away eventually? Like, do you keep it all? Like, what do you do with it all? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because we just moved into a new studio, which is about double the size and probably the majority of that space is going to be used for storage, uh, of all this stuff that we get. Um, yeah. So the, the, the problem with throwing out a lot of stuff, I, I never do it to begin with. Um, but it's mainly because drinking a bubbly was terrible. <laughs> um, let it rip, let it rip, man. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> uh, the problem with getting a bunch of these products, especially in the EEC world is a lot of it is evergreen. A lot mm. of it never like goes out of style, right? It's like, you can always use it again in another video. So we always like to have it on hand ready. So we have an archive and a storage of, of just stuff that we have, like wallets, key organizers, you know, knives, all tools and stuff like that. Because when we do like a, another blackout, we want to make sure we can pull from a, a wallet section of, we can find all the black wallets that we haven't used, or even if we have used it, we have it ready for the video just to fill up the quota of having enough products in the video. So there's always a reason to have them. And again, none of them go out of style. So it's like, I can never justify getting rid of them. The only one thing that does go out of style is if we did uh, iPhone cases, like those just yeah. go by the year. And then we try and donate them to like a, a phone store or something that, that could use all the old phone cases and stuff. But for the most part, we will keep those for a year and, and then get rid of it. But the rest of the stuff, we just kind of sort of add more bins to compensate for it. And our big issue right now is having some sort of inventory system to know uh, that whole process of like, okay, we want to pull this and this and this, and we know exactly where it is. And we just pull out for the video, which we kind of lack right now, because right now it's just, oh, where do we put that? Uh, I'll just go through all these bins until we find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a huge, a huge hassle for us. But the goal is that we we don't have to do that anymore. But we'll see. We'll see with the new space. I feel like you could set up like a some kind of store on the side, right? Like these, or yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I can run a whole department store out of my studio. Um, but also, to be fair to the. Uh, the brands themselves who send me stuff like i'm never there to profit off the items and so i'd never want to sell it yeah. if i were to get rid of it i'd ideally like uh do it as a giveaway or some sort where like some viewer gets a chance to like get a reward off of it when friends and family come over and they're like oh i'm looking for this and that i'm like you know what come on in and <laughs> take your pick and, uh, you know i'm happy to see it go to use that, yeah. that that's that's kind of my mentality is like i'd rather go to use than, than to be wasted it's a little bit of a hoarder mentality but um I'd rather it not go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's worse things to hoard, uh, than, than EDC again. So I, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so someone said, what, what's in rotation? What's in your EDC rotation in general? Do, do you have like a, a top tier rotation that you will, you know, or does it, I guess it changes over time? Yeah. I mean, for me, 
the wallet nowadays always stays the same, um, mainly because it's a wallet and key holder. So it kind of kills two birds, one stone. It's like a French Eco speed key wallet, whatever. I think they stopped selling it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. The only other thing that I rotate would be the main thing I rotate is my watch. Um, okay. I struggle between justifying wearing my really expensive watch or putting the Apple watch on. Um, that's like the main struggle I have is like, oh, do I want to track my day or do I just want to feel good? You know, like, <laughs> do I want to wear the watch that I paid all this money for and finally get a chance to wear it? Uh, but if yeah. I, but then if I wear it, then I don't get to track my day. So it's like, ah, this is a struggle. And for a while I wore my both hands. <laughs> so I, I had the <laughs> Apple watch on one hand and the uh, speedy on the other. And it was just like, ah, oh, it's a little foolish, but <laughs> I yeah. just, just wanted to feel good about it. Um, yeah. So that's the main thing that rotates. Uh, otherwise, sometimes I'll put on a case, but sometimes, uh, for the most part, I, I don't wear a case for my phone. And yeah, I think everything else stays the same. Like I, I carry the AirPods. I got my gel clip. And oh, the only thing I change would be the sling bag. Okay. And that's mainly because I'm like usually like testing a new one. Yeah. Um, so I'll try like, like different pocketing stuff and make sure I carry all my stuff that I usually carry, make sure it fits. But yeah. And, oh, and sometimes I carry, sometimes I'll switch out a lighter. I don't smoke. I don't need fire on me at any point. I just like holding a lighter and like, okay. this is something that's satisfying about flicking a lighter. And there's so many cool ones out there. So I'll, I'll sometimes I'll take one with me and just look at it. To be honest, like just look at it. It's like, it's so cool. It's like a, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, it's like a fidget toy, but like, just like to look at it. Like I, I'm really, I, get I don't want to scare anyone around me with like a flame or anything. <laughs> do, do you, do you carry a pocket knife like quite often or is that not something that's normally in your the, rotation? The one, the one that I always take with me is actually a Leatherman tool. It's the three T four. Cause it has, it has every tool I need on the day. So it has a knife, scissors, and like a, a screwdrivers on the, the mini, like flatheads and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and it's small enough where it's like, it's not a hassle to carry. So that's like the, the knife that I would carry with me. I don't usually carry like a dedicated knife anymore simply because I find that I was afraid to, to take it out. Cause in Canada, it's just not as common, I would say to, mm. to, to carry it. Whereas versus you pull a Leatherman, even though there's a knife on it, like it looks like a tool. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, no one's afraid of that. They think you're just trying to fix something, which yeah. is, that's the whole reason I carry, right? It's like, I just carry just in case to, yeah. to fix something. Yeah. Um, but if you pull out a knife, like you have one intent, it's to cut something. And it's like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, so I don't know. I don't want to, while I love carrying a knife, like I love the idea and like playing and flicking around with it. I just don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. I don't want to, you know, jeopardize anyone's safety or anything. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, Fair. um, so yeah, it's a Leatherman. That's, that's a common one for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Raven the pirate on, uh, mm. on Instagram. Yeah. He did a, I mean, he did like a reel about what people think about people who carry knives and it was like this knife wielding maniac and then he's just got you've got him like just cutting open a, an amazon box and it's just like just doing the most you know generic things on a day-to-day -day basis yeah yeah that's pretty much all, all all we really need knives for nowadays so. yeah um but i do it all at home so it's like i have the knife at home but i, I wouldn't take it out with me that's, yeah that's the, that's the one thing yeah um, if you could collaborate with one brand that you've never collaborated with before, so kind of like your dream brand, who, who would that be? Uh, hmm. I guess I should have thought of this beforehand. I, I think I kind of, I, I snuck, I snuck this one in there really. Cause, cause I thought someone, someone asked about if you could collaborate with any company of your choosing, but I feel like yeah. it's better to do, cause you've already collaborated with them. And I didn't want to force you to say home in Hadfield because, of course, I know you would say home in Hadfield. Uh, so. <laughs> Obviously. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> exactly. Um, it'd probably be like, 
it had to be something I, I'm using every day because I'd want people to just use it. And for me, like a collab has to be something where it's like, it's not about me and my branding on it. It's like, it just needs to be a good product to begin with. I'd probably say Uniqlo, to be honest. Okay. Like if I get like a, like I, I love their t-shirts, like their, their new line, whatever t-shirts. If I, we do a collab with that, just like a, a good black outline, oh, that'd be like, because it's like, and, and then like a stitch, like a black embroidered logo on it. So it's like black on black. So it's my shirt, but it's like, it's not the standout point of the shirt. Yeah. Um, And the shirt can stand on its own kind of thing. That'd be a really cool thing just because, I mean, for one, Uniqlo's huge, but also they make great products, I think, Um, for that. that that'd probably be one of them. Obviously, Apple, I don't know what I'd do with them, but it's Apple, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> If they're ever willing to collab with anyone, um, brands. They, they'd be great. And uh, honestly, gel clip, you know, if they're down to collab um, and they're down to make a blacko version of that gel clip, I'm in. I'm okay. in. So instead of a $10, it'd be $12.99. There's nice. a profit margin there. Nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> so if anyone's watching from Uniqlo or gel clip, like you guys got to reach out to him, right? Like this has got to be the new deal you guys got to make out. Uh, what would you say is the best? unconventional edc item that rarely gets mentioned it had to be fidget toys i mean okay. i i do it a lot i think it's starting to pick up a little more in some other channels it's still very frowned upon but i think people like fidget toys more than they'd like to admit um <laughs> and people like people like fidgeting more than it like they, they oh admit. yeah so to have a toy meant for it is 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 one like they, they the problem is it's still called a toy i think that's yeah. the problem which is like it's, um, fidget it's, tool. Not, it's a it's a it's a tool yeah yeah know, fidget to, tool it's a bit more manly stress. yeah um so that definitely uh i think it's like it's a category of like pocket garbage i think it's called or something or something like a pocket art is another word for it um it's just things you look at or feel or touch that just make you feel good and, and, mm. and it's, but it doesn't do anything right it doesn't do anything other than to give you this certain feeling of you know satisfaction or fidgety or you know being able to click a switch on and off and it do nothing is there's there's value to that that that's not quantifiable i guess um yeah so definitely fidget toys is is probably a big one i think the only other thing would be i think self-care products aren't as popular like sanitation products or even just like um like consumable products like you know deodorant or like hand wipes or mouthwash or toothpicks and stuff like that that's a category where it's like it could just be a toothpick or it could be a very fancy toothpick that like you, that you're happy to take on and show off you know it's like okay there there are there are fancy toothpicks that are like scented and stuff i forgot the call dainson or dane something and they're like coated in like whiskey or something something like that and it smells great and there's like 10 in a pack and it costs like 20 bucks for like 10 toothpicks or something like that you know but it's like you carry that around, and it's like you're instantly like you're a gentleman. You know, it doesn't even matter okay. what you're wearing. You pull, you, a, they can smell that toothpick, and it's just like <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like it's not as, but it's it's something you'd carry around, right? But you wouldn't think of to like show off. I guess it's just something you would use. I think consumables in general is a category that isn't as popular. Like I even think of wallets, keys, knives, and stuff. But like consumables are pretty big as well. Um, gum, that's a big one too. Like uh, mm-hmm. if there was a gum holder. Like I love five gum. Um, I like their case. I don't love their case, but there's a case to put your gum in. That'd be, you know, these are, these are like, I would buy that just because I like to accessorize and that goes back to the whole like, accessorize kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like I would buy a gum case specifically made for five gum. Okay. 
Yeah. Wow. I, I, I've got loads yeah. of product ideas now after this. Like, we're going to go home. We're going to make uh, a sexy T-shirt. You'd have one customer uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Oh, you, you've done a great job answering that question. When, when someone said unconventional, I didn't think you were going to go as far as toothpicks and gum. Uh, but, uh, no, you make a good point, though. Like, actually... Like that's not his stuff that people carry, but people probably don't actually put any thought into it. That's really interesting. Yeah. And people, there's been a few questions around so people who don't really have a lot of money, but they want to build their EDC. Um, what are accessible like EDC gears that people on limited budgets can consider just to kind of, I guess, get their foot in the door and start feeling like, you know, they, they start to have a bit of a collection. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole budget question is it's tough because I mean, what, what, what's cheap to me is expensive to someone else. Right. So it's hard to, it's all relative yeah. to the person. I would say my one piece of advice is to always avoid knockoffs. That's for sure. Like it may be cheap and it may be, you know, affordable in a sense, but and it, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to justify it as an end purchaser to say, oh, well, just because it's not branded that, that it's, you know, worth more or less but i would always support the original artists and the creators that that's the one thing so don't don't cheap out that way for sure um i would i would i would go to the resources like carryology and uh, gear patrol high consumption those guys they always promote some like that's where i find most of my gear and that's where i find some of the best budget items as well so it's all about finding and the, the problem with online shopping as well is like you don't get to feel and touch things anymore mm. so like you could buy it and then you just don't know until you really use it and, and, and get your hands on it but yeah i think the best thing you can do is just go into a store you know like bass pro or best buy or you know any store that carries the items and just really get a feel for it before you make the purchase it's not that's not to say like you're gonna get the best deal but at least you'll know what you get before you buy. So don't just mindlessly online shop. And I mean, you can online shop and return it, but getting a feel for it in the store gives you that confidence to buy it. Mm. Um, and I think the confidence to buy something you know you like is much better than buying something you think you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just because I say it's nice, or because you say or anyone says it's nice, like you really got to, a lot of these things you really got to just touch and feel for yourself and use for yourself. And then you'll know. So, and it, the only way you'll do this is through experience, right? So you just got to touch enough things and like play around with enough things where it's like, then you know, like what you like, what textures you like, what materials you like, whether you like leather, whether you like nylon, whether you like, you know, all these things, like you just need that experience to, and, and instead of just counting on someone telling you to do that, right? So go to a bag store, put on all the bags for the sake of putting on all the bags. And, and then, you know, it's like, once you know yourself better, then you can spend better. Like that's, that's my advice there. Uh, probably terrible advice, but uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I think, I think, yeah, it's a good detailed answer to, I guess, a, a complex problem if you don't have a lot of money. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the best pry bar on the market? Is that something you pry bars are interesting because even I have a hard time kind of justifying the use of a pry bar sometimes because it's not not that it's a problem, but like so many other things can be a pry bar. That that's the thing. So it's hard to justify getting a pry bar for the sake of it being a pry bar. Um, there are some really cool, wicked designs out there for pry bars, and 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 I and I own some myself, and I love it. But I would never use it. Like I'd get a pry bar just because I, again, one of those things where I like looking at it because my Leatherman has a flathead that works great as a pry bar. So I don't personally recommend 
pry bar, dedicated pry bars if you're looking for the, the function out of it, because I'd actually go with just something with a flathead on it instead. That's my personal preference. But if you know, if you want a recommendation for an actual pry bar, like my current favorite one is probably, uh, I believe his name is Nice Guy Machine. He makes this uh, key looking one, which is really cool. And I love that one. That's my go-to um, simply because it's, it doesn't get in the way because it's in the shape of a key. And it's, it's something where it's like you can whip out that doesn't take up too much space. You can show off like, Oh, look at this cool thing I have and it can do X, Y, and Z. Um, but then you may get faced with the question of why don't you just use your regular key to pry something? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I it's tough. A, a, a more detailed answer than I was expecting. So no, I like it. Um, <laughs> um, what would you say, uh, in terms of a watch? Yeah, I think you t- alluded to it earlier, but would you prefer a watch to be tactical and functional or nice and traditional? For me, it's, it's probably going to be a little functional reform for watches. Um, okay. although like definitely get one that you like to look at as well. Cause I think half the function of a watch is something you enjoy. It's part of your style in the end. It's a stylish item. So definitely get one that you like to look at. But for me, it's like, I don't want something, especially when it's on the wrist that's so close to my hand that's always being used to do something that I don't want something that's going to be like banged up and I have to worry about it too much. Um, that's why I love G-Shocks. The G-Shocks are great. Seiko's are great too. Um, so for me, yeah, the number one thing is like, I'm not worried about banging it up. Mm. Um, like I wear my Omega, like when I know I'm going out and like watching a movie or something. So mm. I know I'm not going to like do anything too intense. Um, but for all the other times, like even the Apple watch nowadays, I just don't care about it as much because once you get that first scratch on it, then every other scratch doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, who cares at that point? You're trying to protect it up to that first scratch. But once that happens, you almost want to scratch on a purpose. So you stop caring about it <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you can move on from it. So, um, but Apple watches are tough as nails. So like after that happens, you shouldn't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. Um, so someone's asked, where do you see the EDC lifestyle in five, 10 or someone said 25 years? I think 25 years might be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Uh, but I guess, where do you see it going? I guess that's maybe a, a better question. Where do you see it going? You mentioned that so many of these products are evergreen. So is it the type, do you see it evolving into something else or do you see it kind of being very similar to what it is? Can you see any changes coming? I would say it's going to lead more towards it being less. Um, nowadays, you're carrying wallets, keys, you know, all these different things. For one, a lot of it is going to be digitized. You know, there's going to be a future where you don't need a key anymore. It's just it's all going to be like, you know, tap your phone or click your phone. I think it's already happened with like Teslas. There's like smart yeah. doors, smart door locks and stuff like that. I personally love it. Like if I didn't have to carry a key, um, the wallets as well, like all your credit cards are getting digitized. So wallets just aren't as useful anymore. Like the world's becoming very cashless anyways. And at least a lot of the first world countries, you know, cash isn't really as king anymore, I would say. So the use of a, you know, the need for a wallet isn't as prominent, I guess. So, you know, keys and wallets for sure are going to go eventually, whether it's, you know, five years or next 10 years, or I think in like, you know, countries like Asia, you can already see it where everything's on WeChat, Mm. right? So it's like, they don't carry any cash. Like you have to scan the QR code to pay. Mm. Um, So that's like, we're just kind of lagging behind that because that's the future, right? Like it's going to happen, whether it's going to happen in the next five years or 10 years kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's going to minimize, like, there are things where it's like sunglasses, you're always going to carry it. Um, yeah. that's just because 
unless you get like con- those contact lenses that maybe it'll, you know, reduce the light or something. But um, in the end, it's just being, you're going to carry less. People are going to carry less, but that doesn't mean it's not like, it's not that everything's going to go away. I think there's going to be new categories that are coming as well um, that we're just not going to think about. Like, we're going to lose keys, but we're like, maybe crypto gets really popular and we're going to need crypto keys. Yeah. You know, it's like, then that's a whole different, you know, wallet kind of thing that people, it's, it's not as popular now, but that's sort of the only way to secure your crypto, right? It's like, you need a hard key kind yeah. of thing. And that's something you may need to carry with you. Who knows? You know, um, uh, like maybe you don't need water bottles anymore, but maybe there's like a pack of gum or something like that, like acts like liquid or something like that. You know, so it's like, You'll carry less, but you'll carry different forms of other things as well. But it, it definitely less than so not a water bottle, but a small pill. So yeah. everything, everything's gonna be minimized. I think that that's the, yeah. the big thing. Nice. Um, it's it's the outlook that I have for it. Yeah, I, I I'm worried about the, the day when you're just like eye scanning everything like when you're going up to the door and it yeah. just scans you and it just opens up. And that's the day when I'll yeah. be like, I'll have turned into my parents when I'm like, I don't understand this world anymore. <laughs> um, my final question, which is probably a bit stupid and redundant because you're sitting down at, at a desk, uh, but what's in your pockets right now? <laughs> is it right, nothing? Right now, it's, it's yeah, it's just, I'll always have my phone on me, that's for sure. Okay, um, yeah. So I always have my phone on me and pop socket on it as well. Nice. No case for me. Uh, generally, I have AirPods. I recently just found this case again. I just want to show it up. Oh, where okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a fidget case. Yeah. So and it just, oh, I like that. It's, it's super silly. Yeah. But uh, I found it again. I was like, oh, why did I stop using this? This is like a free fidget toy because I have my AirPods on me already. Um, why not? But this is also like, it's just random find on Amazon that I was like, like if they polished this up and made it like a, a high-end product, like people, I think people would pay for that. Yeah. Um, I would at least. So. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So phone, That's AirPods, a- that, those are two big things. Okay, cool. Well, uh, look, thank you so much for fielding all these questions today, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, really appreciate you sparing the time and we, we, yeah, we finally got to do this. Um, so yeah, is there, um, in terms of like anything coming up, uh, do you, do you release uh, your videos on a, is it a monthly basis, weekly basis, or is there a schedule to it? We try to do weekly, but it's never actually true. It's probably like more bi-weekly. Uh, we try and do a short every day or like a short form kind of clip every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to, it's hard to say there's anything to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to have something to look forward to as well. Yeah. (laughs) But with the new space, hopefully it will be more organized and hopefully we'll have more of a schedule there, but no promises. Cool. Well, for for anyone who's listening, cause we get, I think we get some people from kind of like different areas of EDC. If you haven't checked out Vincent's channel, just go and check it out at accessorize.me. He loves the name as we all know. He'll be keeping it forever. (laughs) Uh, but yeah thank you so much for coming on man really appreciate it I'm really excited to get this out to people I appreciate it thanks for having me I mean it's it's fun to chat I'm probably a little too in depth on these questions but I'm I'm glad you asked them I'm happy to talk about them all good thanks man hey guys thanks so much for listening really means the world to us and if you would like to show us any extra support so we can keep this podcast going please follow subscribe and if you have any extra time leave us a review it really would mean the world to us thank you so much